Hello fellow adventurers and welcome to the Nerd Lab, where we transform our gaming passion into incredible game designs and learn how to nerd like a boss. My name is Marvin and I'm an ambitious game designer on my quest to develop new games and grow my own publishing company. For this podcast, my vision is to take you with me on this exciting journey. Together we will explore the secrets of different game mechanics and reach the next level as a game designer. Oh man, it's been over half a year since I recorded the last podcast episode and that's definitely far too long ago. I hope that I will be able to record new episodes much more often in the future because I really missed being able to yeah, exchange ideas with other game designers um, or to delve deep into specific game design topics in order to prepare for an, for an episode. And um, I also missed the interaction with you, the listeners. Um, and I would really like to take this opportunity to thank all of you who have reached out and contacted me uh, from time to time to ask about the status of the podcast and whether I would uh, record new episodes or not. Um, this really meant a lot to me and played a significant role in the fact that I'm yeah, finally recording a new episode today. Okay, so... The last episode has been recorded in um, October 2021 while we were running the Kickstarter campaign for Mindbug, um, the first game that I have been co-designing and that I'm publishing um, myself with the company NerdLab Games. So um, since then, a lot has changed for me in the last six months and um, I thought it would be a great opportunity to talk about that change and um, how it affects my daily life. So um, I'm in the middle of the transition from a wannabe game designer um, to a small publisher who is releasing and launching um, my first game. Um, and I know that many people um, asking themselves whether they should take that step as well and whether they should publish one of their own game ideas themselves or um, whether they should hand it over to a publisher. Um, and I would like to address this topic today with um, the experiences that I made in the last uh, few months. So um, many people may ask, um, what does an average day look like as someone who is self-publishing their own game? Um, and that's what I want to start with today. I want to talk about how a typical day in my life um, looks like um, since I'm yeah, my own, my own boss and publishing my own games. But before I do that, I would like to talk a little bit about um, the perspective because everyone has different circumstances, dependencies and responsibilities. So I will start by listing my own personal circumstances so that you can yeah, put the following into the right perspective. Um, because um, how I structure my day um, may or may not apply to your personal situation. So, I'm 38 years old, um, I have an IT management background, and um, yeah, I work from home. I did so before, and I do so now as well. And together with my wife, uh, we are taking care of three children, two cats, and um, yeah, maybe our family will uh, grow in the near future by three rabbits. So, um, all of that, of course... Um, especially the children, they require a lot of time and they um, have a huge impact on how I structure my day and um, um, when and how I can work. So my workday starts at around 8.30 once I took care of the kids and all of them are in school or kindergarten. And depending on 
how long my, my daughter is at school. Um, on a particular day, I have typically about three to four hours of deep working time I, until I start preparing lunch for the family. Um, so this is basically my morning slot from 8.30 to, let's say, 12 o'clock or so. And yeah, what do I what what do I do? How does the typical morning look like for me? Um, I typically start by um, getting an overview of the urgent matters. Um, I do that by reading and responding to um, to the most urgent emails. But I don't want to completely get sucked in by emails early in the morning and um, don't have time for anything else. So that's why I have a few rules um, when I look in my inbox in the morning. So I try to use the five-minute rule from the getting things done um, methodology. Um, and that basically says um, try to solve everything that can be done in less than five minutes immediately and put all the rest um, into into your task manager in some, in, in some way. And um, I use that rule um, with two exceptions. So... Um, customer support emails even if i could answer them within five minutes um, i do not do that in the morning uh, these emails they typically cost a lot of time because i get quite a, quite a lot of them um, and they benefit from being dealt with in one chunk as you often um, answer the same question multiple times um, um, often you also need to work in the same tool for many of those requests for example um, if someone is um, requesting an address change for example i need to open the game found backend or some excel spreadsheet um, and i just it, i have a benefit if i do that all at once um, instead of opening it up several times a day um, that's why i bundle these uh, customer support requests um, and answer them um, every afternoon or sometimes even um, every other day. Um, so don't get me wrong, I think answering these questions is super, super important. Um, but most of the time, the answers are not time critical. So it doesn't, the, the world doesn't break um, if I answer them um, a few hours later. Though that's my first uh, exception when I look at emails in the morning. My second um, um, exception is uh, to the five minute rule is blocking emails so this is my golden rule really um, i told myself i don't want to be the blocking part for any other important person in the project um, for example if i have an email from the illustrator with drafts for new illustrations i immediately try to distribute these drafts to the team to get their opinion and make a decision as soon as possible so that the illustrator can continue working because otherwise he's waiting for my response. Um, the same is true for many other messages I receive from people in the project. Um, and to give you an overview, um, for Mindberg, currently around, yeah, let's say, 20 people qualify for that golden rule. So if I am the blocking person for one of those, those people, um, I try to... Um, solve this task immediately so that they can continue working. That doesn't mean I answer all of their emails immediately, um, but um, if this is a, a task that or um, the email means that they are blocked for, some, for their task, um, I will definitely try to solve it immediately um, instead of putting it into my task manager. 
Um, and this involves game design topics, this involves the graphic design topics, manufacturing topics, logistic topics, operations in general. So as an overview, um, I typically handle between 50 and 100 emails a day. Um, this is way less than I did in my in my uh, former job, but um, it's still it's still quite a lot. Um, and this is just um, yeah on a normal day. Let's say if we are doing the Kickstarter campaign or um, immediately after a Kickstarter update, this number is way higher. Once I've gone through the inbox and solved all the five minute things and put everything else on the task manager and. Um, and try to not be the blocking person for someone else, um, I start with my most important task of the day. This task can be a result from, from, the, from the inbox that I checked, but typically I try to um, define that task the evening before. So in the evening, I think about, okay, what is my most important task for the next day? Um, I define it, put it into my task manager uh, to the top, and um, then I start with it early in the morning. I do that because I still have the mental power in the morning um, to get the best results for my most important task. Um, and the critical task of the day um, can, of course, be very different depending on the state of the project. So at the moment, it is often about um, operations, logistics, uh, project management. Um, one example is um, that I've done a few a few weeks ago is I downloaded the entire backer data from Kickstarter or GameFound um, and I was working on an Excel spreadsheet to finalize the order quantities um, um, per language or to distribute the different orders to our five local hubs um, in order to submit this data to our fulfillment partners um, and manufacturers. So this involves thinking about buffers that need to be sent to each hub and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I really, I spent a lot of days um, in the last couple of weeks uh, where I completely uh, spent the entire day to look at Excel spreadsheets and try to figure out the right amount of quantities um, that, that have to be sent um, to each hub. Um, to be honest, that haven't, weren't the most uh, fun days of the project, um, but it definitely was the most important task during that time because uh, otherwise uh, I could not have uh, submitted the um, the fulfillment lists um, to our partners and they could not do their work. So um, this was an important task and I did it in the morning. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes um, the most important task is done in a half an hour or so and they can um, jump to the next task. But... Um, it's important for me that I am aware of the most important task and do that right away in the morning. Um, another example, a few months ago, the most important task looked very different. So um, it was about um, getting all the print files ready for manufacturing. So um, it involved um, finalizing and reviewing the rule sheets, make sure that they are uh, don't have any um, um, mistake in there, make sure that all the translations are finished, um, that they are, um, the graphic designer um, is doing his work to make, uh, prepare all the PDF files, uh, double check the PDF files, um, work on the box designs, double check those um, and submit this data to the, to the manufacturer. Um, definitely this was the critical part of the project back then. So this is where my most important task came from. So as you can see, this uh, this changed and uh, has a lot of lot to do with project management, task management, and being aware of um, the critical parts of the project. And 
yeah, that's basically my morning slot. I also often have um, telco slots in the morning to talk to um, our partners to make sure that everything is on track. Um, for example, have a telco with our fulfillment partner or to talk to the graphic designer to get the status of um, the box designs or so or to talk to um, yeah maybe future retail partners, um, have a call with the manufacturer to see um, um, whether everything is going as planned. This is basically my morning slot um, before I start preparing um, lunch for the family. And once uh, lunch is over, um, I start with my afternoon slot. Um, this is where I typically have another four hours to work. Um, um, this is where I will be working mostly on, on the remaining emails that I haven't been able to work on in the morning that have been put on the task manager first. And often I also um, have received answers for critical emails that I've sent out in the morning. So um, I will also make sure that those are handled and responded to. Um, then I spend time also in the afternoon to, um, to go through social media. Um, this is when I will be yeah, checking comments on social media. I will be answering questions. Maybe I will be preparing a post for social media um, or for example, um, writing content for a Kickstarter update. These are typical um, afternoon activities um, because they are not often, they are not uh, critical so that other people can work. So that's uh, stuff that I do in the afternoon and often they, these are the tasks that don't require my full mental power um, because uh, your willpower and also your mental power, it's, it's a depleting uh, resource that you have um, and that's why I always make sure to, make, uh, to work on the most important thing in the, in the morning. Um, I also do the customer support topic in the afternoon um, and often have uh, another telco slot in the afternoon. But what I have to say in general, I have significantly fewer telcos than I um, than I had in my former jobs. So um, that's mainly because I'm able to decide for myself whether it makes sense to have a telco or not. So each and every telco I make really is important for the business, for the company, um, and to move things forward. So it doesn't feel like I would waste any time in those telcos. Um, and sometimes, if uh, the other tasks allow it, I will work on game development. Um, that's something that's a bit a bit sad because um, I only get to work on it if all the critical tasks are done. And there are a lot of days and maybe even weeks uh, where I have so many critical tasks that I don't have any time to work on game development. Um, this. But if I have the time, this can be um, new ideas for Mindbug, uh, creating new cards, thinking about expansions, uh, game modes, and stuff like that. Um, but um, it can also involve thinking about new games, new ideas, um, or um, yeah, reading about uh, rules of other games to come up with new ideas, or um, reading through um, the pitch document of a game that has been has been sent to uh, to me as a publisher because someone wants me to um, to publish the game for them. Um, all of that um, are the tasks that I summarize as uh, game development and future development of the company. And I put those. Um, I, I, I try to work on those in the afternoon if the critical tasks allow it. That's unfortunately not as often the case that I would like um, to be able to work on those tasks. And um, I also 
I if I really realize that I'm exhausted in the afternoon and that can typically happen because uh, yeah if you work sometimes you have a down that's normal I think um, and um, since I'm not in a nine till five uh, job um, I I sometimes take a break, spend some time with the family and the kids or take care of my vegetable garden um, because um, otherwise I would probably sit in front of my screen uh, staring at some text uh, for 10-15 minutes without any result. So it's often time for me personally in the afternoon that my <laughs> my power is depleted and I, that I need to recharge the batteries. And I do that by um, yeah, taking a break, um, spending time with the kids um, in the garden. Um, and I typically try to not end my afternoon slot after 5 p.m. so that I still have a bit of time to spend um, um, with my kids. Um, but unfortunately, that doesn't always work out. If there's something critical, I sometimes work, work longer. And yeah, that's my afternoon slot. And once the kids are in bed, I often go back to work. Um, so Sometimes I respond to emails or social media messages in the evening, um, but most of the time I prepare one of my evening meetings. In a typical week, I have about three meetings in the evenings, so two-hour slots typically, sometimes longer, um, and these are regular meetings. So, For example, we have a weekly game designer meeting with Richard, Christian, uh, and Skeff, uh, where we yeah, continue to develop Mindbug. So, um, and this is the evening slot because, um, yeah, Richard and Skeff are from, from the US and, um, yeah, it's uh, because of the time difference easier for us to, to meet in the evening. Um, but I also have another uh, team meeting in the evening um, where I try to coordinate all the tasks around Mindbug and we often have uh, playtesting events that um, also happen in, in the evening. So, um, that's how a typical day for me looks like. And um, yeah, on the weekend, we often have a, an additional meeting. Um, we typically try to schedule that on Sunday mornings between 6 or 7 and 9 um, a.m. Um, to, yeah, to do some more strategic planning or a specific workshop um, for new projects, but also for um, how to develop Mindpack in the future. And this is a typical week for me um, as I'm growing into the role of a, yeah, of a games publisher. Um, and my goal really is to grow this company by developing Mindbug with new expansions and retail releases and stuff like that um, and publishing new games. But all of that is just a very small part of my daily work at the moment because. Um, the production and delivery of the initial Mindbug Kickstarter campaign is taking most of my time in a day. Um, and I really hope that NerdLab Games will be successful enough in the future to, yeah, to grow the team and to delegate more work um, that I'm doing right now to, yeah, to someone who is maybe better at that um, specific task than I am. Because at the moment, I do all of the tasks. Um, I work on game design. I work on logistics. I work on manufacturing. I work on uh, graphic design, even so this task is, uh, is outsourced. But um, it's, I, I'm really very strongly involved with all of those tasks. Um, and that's 
that's quite typical for an entrepreneur that you yeah you you do everything yourself in the beginning and then you try to delegate more and more of the work um, as you grow and i really hope that um yeah the games that we are going to publish will be successful enough to be able to grow um because at the moment um it's mostly a, a, a one-man show uh, with a lot of externals involved and yeah my biggest challenge at the moment really is to find the time and um, energy to work on new projects while making sure that the current mindbug project is completely taken care of and all the critical tasks are solved so um yeah this is a bit of the um the working environment that um that i'm currently living in and now i wanted to give you a little bit of the pros and cons of uh, self-publishing your own game this is especially for the game designers out there that ask themselves um, whether they should self-publish their game or should um, give it to a large publisher or small publisher um, to take over this publishing task for them um, and i have a list of cons and pros um, that i experienced in the last few months and i would like to yeah to go over them quickly um, so the first con is it is obviously a lot of work to do self-publishing if you just hand it over to 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 a partner to a publisher um, you will get some percentage of the sales probably um, but you don't have to take care of anything so you don't have to make sure that the translations work out as they should you don't have to make sure that the package looks good you don't have to take care or that the products will be shipped to or everyone that's buying it you don't have to take care of retail and stuff like that so there is a lot lot of work that you need to be do uh, need to do that's a i would say that's a con that all of the work you need to do um another con is that is closely related um you will have less time to work on your own game designs because you have to take care of operations um so game design really is reduced to being just a small subset of of your work and um you need to be aware of that if you make uh, the decision to become a publisher um um if that's something for you so you should have some kind of um good project management skill set um and maybe an entrepreneurship uh, background or at least the desire to be your own boss um because no one will uh, motivate you to to get to work and do the stuff that needs to be done so this you really need the um the motivation yourself um another con is definitely you take the entire risk um you are running the company you are putting in all of the money to create the product and and that basically means you bear all the risk if you fail you will suffer all the consequences um one example from from the mindbug project is for example the kickstarter boxes um it was clearly a mistake that we um, or i did in the in this mindbug project um, and i have to take the consequences in many ways so during the campaign many people have been disappointed with the communication around these boxes um, we tried to um, change the product during the campaign which was a huge mistake of course um, and we had a lot of people that wanted the new box and a lot of people that wanted the old box um, so um, it caused a lot of communication effort for us um, and basically for me um, 
that resulted in yeah stressful days um, trying to um, do a lot of customer service community communication to make sure that um, um, the, the the backers are happy and then doing the manufacturing um, of the product um, yeah it didn't pass one of our quality gates and we didn't like the result um, and we realized that um, too late um, which definitely also was a mistake um, and now I have to take care of the reproduction cost, um, which costs a lot of money. And it's not uh, the money of uh, a pub some publisher that I don't have to care about. No, it's my company's money. It's basically um, the money that I have put into the company that is now... Um, now used to um, to pay for this uh, for these new boxes, um, and it's not the game designer's money. It's not a, another company's money. It's really it's um, it's the the money of uh, the self publisher, in that case, my. So you don't need to know that you take all the risk um, financially and all the others as well. But there's also a lot of pros from being um, a publisher and self publishing your own game because I mean you have the complete creative control um, of how the product is development uh, developed um, you can try to make everything you want you can um, um, design the boxes you can uh, write the story for the product you can do um, you can make all the decisions about game design and uh, the cards and the components and all of those decisions you have to do them but you have the freedom to do them um, you can do whatever you want um, if you're working with a publisher, they will maybe involve you in those decisions, but probably not. So that's that's the trade-off. Um, also, what I consider being um, a pro is that I have a very diverse list of tasks. Um, this is challenging every day. Every day I get new tasks that I haven't done before, be it marketing, logistics, manufacturing, customer support. Um, and I'm definitely not an expert in all of those tasks. Many of them I have never done before. Um, and that's a challenge. Um, but they are all important uh, for the success of the project and the company. And by doing all those tasks myself, I am growing as a person. I'm growing my skill set. And um, I know how. And I learn by mis making mistakes. I learn by successes. And um, in the future, if I'm able to grow the company um, and if I'm going to delegate some of those tasks, um, I have a better experience to de delegate those tasks. So um, I like being challenged by those different uh, tasks. And um, I really enjoy this much more um, by, instead of doing the same boring tasks over and over again every day. Another pro is I'm building relationships and you could do so as well. As a publisher, you will need to build a lot of relationships with other others in the industry. Um, you will build relationships with, um, with the players of your game directly um, because you're doing the customer support and you are managing social media and stuff like that. So you will be in touch with your players. You will get the feedback directly. This helps a lot to make the game better in the future and to grow as a game designer because people will tell you what they like about the game and what they don't like about the game so that's um, this feedback and this interaction is something that i really enjoy um, but i'm also building relationships with uh, with influencers that can help me to market the game not this not only mindbug but also new games in the future and 
by building these relationships for the long run, um, you will be um, new opportunities will arise. And that's also true for the relationship that you make with partners, retailers, manufacturers, other publishers, um, and many others. So I really enjoy that. And um, I really hope that this will open new doors um, in the future. And um, the last pro is, of course, you have the potential of getting a higher income. Um, but I say the potential because... Um, um, you have the risk. It's not. It's not sure that um, that you will earn more uh, compared to um, giving all of that away to the to the publisher. If you give it to a publisher, um, you will get percentages of the sales, for example. And at first glance, it might not look like you could earn much, um, but um, if the game does does well and um, is published worldwide in different languages, um, it can sum up to to quite a bit of money. And um, if you um, self-publish yourself, um, you're basically respondent for your own margin. So you need to define a margin you want to make with each product. Um, and um, yeah, it can be more than the percentages you will get from the publisher. Um, but you also do all the, do all the work. So um, you don't typically, um, you don't pay yourself a percentage you get per sold product or so. You will try to make... Um, enough profit so that you are able to pay yourself a salary um, and um, that might be higher than the share but it also might not so that depends on how well you do um, and um, yeah also how much you um, you will be paying yourself um, but um, you have the risk you need to spend a lot of time um, and in the end you probably won't get rich with it uh, that's something you need you need to know okay that's my list of pros and cons um to self-publish your own game um i don't think there is an exhaustive answer to whether self-publishing publishing is for you or not um but you should be aware uh, that you have to take on all of the different activities and yeah can't just take time off because everything depends on you um but if you are an entrepreneurial type who likes to find new challenges every day, then I think self-publishing can be just right for you. I definitely enjoy um, my working days and um, my role in, the, in this company. So, until next week, keep shooting for the moon and nerd like a boss. Goodbye, everyone.